Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and this is day number two of Another Gospel. How do you recognize Another Gospel? It's an alternative plan to get you to heaven beside the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sound interesting? Join me as you get smarter today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I began a series yesterday out of Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 on putting a title to Satan's gospel to the world. And so Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 says this, I marvel, I'm shocked, Paul says, that you are so soon removed from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel of a different kind. That's the Greek word, which is not another gospel of the same kind, two different Greek words. But there are some who trouble you who pervert the gospel of Christ. This is how the book of Galatians, and I'm teaching this out of the book of Galatians, and the book of Galatians is what I'm offering on this broadcast. People often ask again, why do you have so many offers and things like that? Offers are simply to enhance the study that's here. I don't do it just to make money. In fact, really not, not the major in part of our broadcast or any part of my ministry comes from product sales. Product sales are simply to take you into an area where you can enhance your teaching. It's part two, part three, part four. You know, when you go to church and pastor preaches on something, you go, oh my God, that was so good. What does it do? It excites you to go home and study. You go home and study, that excites you to get back next time and hear what he has to say this time. That's the way it is here. I want you to get excited over the word, but have a place to turn to so that you can more go in depth on this. That's why we're offering on this particular broadcast, my book on the book of Galatians. I'm sorry to say my book on Galatians. No, it's really God's book and Paul's book. This is my rendition of it today for you today so you can understand what Paul the Holy Spirit and God the Father was saying to you. So that'll come on here at halftime where you can find out about getting that particular book. It'll be a great blessing to you. Notice what we talked about. What name or what title do we put on the world's message today telling you how to have peace in life? Well, Paul called it here another gospel of a different kind, which is not another gospel of the same kind. There's one gospel here in this verse of scripture. He said that Satan's desire and those who preach and teach Satan's gospel desire to pervert the gospel of Christ. I want you to know something. It's called the gospel. Satan cannot create anything. No, Satan can only twist things and make them what he wants. You can't pervert what doesn't exist, but the gospel had to exist first for Satan to pervert it. Why do we do that? Well, um, why do we say that? Listen, Satan can't create anything. He came for three things, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He can't create life. God creates life. He can only kill it. First of all, he kills. The next of all, he steals. So in other words, he can't give you anything, but he tries to steal what God has given to you. And the last thing he does, he destroys. God gives it to you. Satan's desire is to destroy what God has given to you. In other words, Satan can't create anything. He's out to pervert, to twist, to destroy, get rid of what God has provided. And that, of course, is the gospel, not a gospel, but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we talked about that. And yesterday we left off and we came to uh, this particular passage of scripture in Galatians chapter uh, one and verse 11. And Satan's counterfeit gospel is very appealing to man's ego. 
Again, we talk about the parable of the tares and the, and the, the wheat and uh, Satan's counterfeit is the wheat. And again, tares look like wheat, but they hinder wheat. And so he's simply saying here, and we'll talk about it later. Wait till the harvest comes and the angels will come and get all this stuff. You just keep staying out there, sowing, sowing, sowing seed, sowing wheat, sowing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter one and verse 11, I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which I preach to you is not according to men. Galatians chapter one, again, where we quoted it, I marvel you are so soon turned from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel of a different kind. The gospel of another kind that Paul has pointed out in this verse of scripture in Galatians chapter one, he says, it's not according to man, it's according to God. Man takes and, and Satan takes and takes what God has made and twisted it. They take the true gospel of faith in Jesus Christ. We're gonna talk about it, all the things that they do to twist this gospel around to try to appeal to men. Satan's gospel is so rational that people accept because it makes sense to the natural mind. The gospel of Jesus Christ makes no sense to the natural mind. Paul said what we preach to them, they think it's foolishness because it's so simple and yet doesn't seem to make natural sense. I pointed out yesterday, wouldn't it be stupid, or we would think it's stupid for a man to be convicted of a double homicide, three or four killings, and you know he's sentenced to you know to go to a prison for the rest of his life, and that prison is a nice condo on a beach in Florida. We think that's something wrong with that. But you know what? The thief on the cross, he he was not a good man. All his life he was into to crime and killing and, and stealing and all this. And on the cross at the last second, he accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And Jesus didn't say, well, you're fine, but you're going to spend a lot, a lot of years in hell before you can come to heaven for all that you've done. No, he said today, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's that condo on a beach in Florida. You're gonna be there. I'm sure if there had been people stand by that knew about this guy, this probably guy might've made a history. He might've been in the newspapers for all the crime he'd committed. And he was finally caught, finally convicted, stuck on a cross, killed. And they thought this is the final punishment for him. This man's gonna rot in hell. And Jesus said, no, you'll be with me in paradise. At the last second, he made the right decision to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. How can a person who's lived in crime and accepted Jesus, be allowed into heaven for one thing. He accepted Jesus and his crimes don't matter. On the other hand, how do you have a person who's been so nice and sweet and kind all their life and yet didn't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and they have to go to hell and spend eternity there? It comes down to it, this one common denominator right here. If you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you go to heaven. If you reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you go to hell. Those names not found written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. So again, we have it. I gave you yesterday in closing some titles for the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the same kind. I pointed out there were two gospel names for Satan's gospel, secular gospel of humanism, liberalism, one world's communism. The second name for it is a spiritual name, which is included in inclusion, universalism. One is preached in the world. That's humanism, liberalism, one world communism. But the spiritual one is caught in churches, same gospel, but to two different groups of people. And here it's called universalism. Oh yes, Jesus came and died, but we're all saved. Universalism, the moment you're born in this earth, you're saved, you're born saved. So therefore you're born into this earth, God is your father, and we are all brothers and sisters. That is not true. Even Jesus said to religious people of his days, do-gooders, he said, you are of your father, the devil. You have to die in Satan's kingdom and be reborn into God's kingdom. And this is the thing the world will not talk about. Our gospel has many titles, but they're all gospel names for the same gospel. It's called the gospel of the kingdom in Matthew. 
the gospel of Jesus Christ in Mark and the book of Acts. It's called the gospel of the grace of God, also found in the book of Acts, and the gospel of his son, also found in the book of Acts. Its title is called the gospel of God, Romans, the gospel of the glory of Christ in 2 Corinthians, the gospel of your salvation in the book of Galatians, the gospel of peace in Ephesians, and it's called the everlasting gospel in Romans and Revelation. Look with me at verses eight through 10 of Galatians chapter one, and now Paul gets even more emphatic. Who's preaching this thing? Oh, well, you know, nice people, uh, uh, you know, statesmen and, and, and our president preaches this and the UN is preaching this message that the world has about all these wonderful things, you know, that all you have to do is be good and kind. And Paul says in verse eight through 10, but if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be cursed. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be cursed. For do I try to persuade men or am I trying to persuade God? He says, who's gonna count for me? Am I trying to, per, per, to please people or am I trying to please God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. Are you a servant of Jesus Christ? Or are you falling for what the world has to say? Are you teaching niceness and kindness and all this and that's what's gonna get you to heaven? No, it takes something before niceness and kindness. It's accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, having the Holy Spirit living in you and changes the whole motive of why you're sweet and kind. It's a tool of the gospel to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul teaches here, if a man, any man, statesman, senators, congressman, or any angel from heaven, oh my Lord, it's an angel, came from heaven, came and preaches any other gospel, let him be punished in hell. That's what he's saying here. Let him be accursed. I can't make it any more plain than that. That's what Paul is saying. Satan's gospel began in the Garden of Eden. You can be good without God. That's what the message is today in the world. This is what the world's idea of the gospel is. And this is what he said. This is another gospel, not our gospel. It's another gospel. Our gospel is the real one. Our gospel is the original. All of these that the world is teaching here, I don't care what you title it, socialism, whatever you call it, it's a twisting and perverting of the true gospel. Satan cannot create a gospel because he cannot create anything. He can pervert what God has made. And this is what we have today, coming through television, coming through radio, coming through our newspapers, coming through all sorts of things that we have today surrounding us. It seems like you wanna get, get away from it. Everything has been politicized and the message is the same. Be kind, be nice. You know, don't be a racist, don't be this and that. And I agree with all that, but it comes from the heart of a recreated believer, not from you determining, pounding the table and deciding you're going to be a good person. None of that counts with God. In fact, it drives you further away from God. So again, it might draw you closer to people, but you know what? Your accountability isn't before people, your accountability is before God. Second Corinthians 11:4. if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. What he's saying is you're gonna warn others. You're gonna keep on warning others, keep preaching it. Some will receive it, some will not. But if some don't, don't receive it, then just let them put up with it. They finally get to a point they're not going to change, then go on to somebody else. Warn others, but learn to live with it. Don't waste time trying to remove the tares. Jesus and his elect angels will handle that one day in the future yet to come. In the meantime, what are we supposed to do? Preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. I think of Acts chapter one and verse seven and eight. 
there Jesus is about to leave and tell them of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing they ask him is, are you gonna restore the kingdom back to Israel? They wanna see a change in the world around them, back to what it used to be, the good old days. And Jesus said, you know what? It's not for you to know the times of the season which are in my Father's hands, but go to the upper room, receive the Holy Spirit, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. In other words, here is my highest priority for you. Fulfill the Great Commission. Go and win souls. Go out there and sow good seed. Go out there and sow wheat. He says, and listen, there'll be tares everywhere you go, but you just keep on sowing wheat, keep on sowing wheat. I will take care of the tares of the days to come. Does that mean we shouldn't vote? Oh no, please vote. Does that mean we shouldn't run for office? If God lays it on your heart, go and run for office. But that's not your highest priority any more than my highest priority is to pastor more than and somebody else's highest priority is to work in some uh, job somewhere on an assembly line or whatever. No, our highest priority is to win souls for Jesus Christ. There's no rewards in heaven for whatever job you did on this earth, but there is rewards in heaven for winning souls. There's a soul winner's crown in heaven. That's what he's asked us to do. Preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Jesus didn't come to this earth primarily to change nations. He came to this earth to win souls. He came at the end to seek and to save those which are lost. That ought to be our mission, seeking and saving people to win for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll see you right after halftime. The Apostle Paul knew that works can't bring salvation. The Galatian churches, after believing the gospel of grace in Christ, were misled into Jewish law. Paul wrote to them, confronting their foolishness. His letter declared salvation by faith alone, not based on effort or observance, but solely upon the grace of God. In this New Testament commentary on Galatians, Bob Yandian defines legalism, its effects on the Galatians, and its impact on today's church. Seeing how legalism infected the Galatian churches, we can learn to overcome this subtle attack on believers today. To order this New Testament commentary on Galatians, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I'd say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The Word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. For those of you who want even more of what I've been teaching and for other subjects too, I'm on YouTube and all my stuff is archived on YouTube. 
And so at this point, I have over 800 broadcasts that I have taught and you can go and watch them anytime. So go there. People say, well, I, you know, I don't like this and that about, it. well, listen, just go and look at it. There's gotta be something on there that ministers to you. Again, you'll be blessed by it. All right, let's go to what we're teaching right now. Much of Satan's gospel parallels the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, if you're going to preach a false gospel, make it as much like the genuine as possible. A man was talking to us one day that came to the church and he used to work for the government and he was in the over counterfeit money. He was in the treasury department and he learned how to detect counterfeit money. You know how you detect counterfeit money? All you do is look at the real. You look at the real, you look. At the, you examine the real, you hold it up in front of a light, you look at things that reveal what's on the inside. You just look at real money. You know what happens? He said, you look at real money long enough. He said, you can spot counterfeit. I don't care how good it looks. He said, if all you've looked at is the real, you will detect the false. I'm telling you here, you don't need to study false gospels. I was, the Lord laid on my heart one time back when I was at Rama Bible Training Center teaching, came home and told my wife, the Lord told me I'm gonna minister in Salt Lake City. She said, really? And I said, yeah, and he just talked to me. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna get an invitation to speak in Salt Lake City. And my wife said, wow, that's great. And so I thought maybe I need to study Mormonism to study, you know, and that way when, I, when I'm there, I can address it. And, I, and the Lord just prompted me, no. And I, re, and I stopped to realize something. Wait a minute, I don't need to study false gospels. I just need to stay with the real. And we can detect the false. So I didn't, didn't even look at it, didn't even study it. And, you know, anyway, went to Salt Lake City. It was an amazing story. I was there for two days. Loretta went with me. I mean, she thought this is gonna be great. We're gonna see what's gonna happen. And at the end of two days of meetings, one man came and received Jesus as Lord and Savior. I got on the plane, we looked at each other and said, man, that was kind of strange. The Lord called me there to win one person, just one person. I expected, you know, and numbers to come down and, and religious people to accept Jesus and all that. It just didn't happen. It wasn't long after that, I got a, a note from this guy. The guy contacted me, found out how to contact me and said, I'm a student in Salt Lake City University in the Mormon training center for those who are going into the Mormon priesthood. He said, I'm, a, I'm a, in a group of 200 studying to be a Mormon uh, minister. And he says, and I came that day and I received Jesus as Savior. And he says, and I let the, the, the guy that runs our class have a copy of the message. He listened to us. I like this guy. You think he'd ever come and speak to us? Through that, I got an invitation to speak to 200 students for two hours. I mean, it was incredible. We, I had the greatest time. And I didn't preach the false. And I didn't preach against the false. I just preached the truth. You should have seen the looks on these students' faces by the end of the class. They followed me down the hall. They kept asking question after question after question. And that professor asked me to come back two years later to a new group and preach to those 200 or teach to those 200. That invitation came from the Lord laying that on my heart. But I didn't have to study the false. I knew the real. And by doing that and presenting the real to them, they could detect something was false about theirs. The gospel of Satan is not a message of revolution or anarchy. No, it doesn't preach strife and war, but peace and unity. Satan sponsors war, but covers up his evil with human good. Liberalism always covers the evil it says it opposes. It doesn't try to set mothers against daughters or fathers against son, although Satan is behind this too. It appeals to the fraternal spirit in mankind. Oh, we're all one brotherhood. It doesn't try to drag man down, but improve and uplift him. It pushes education. It appeals to the best within all of us. The goal is to make this world a comfortable and caring place. Christ's absence will not be felt and God will not even be needed. It endeavors to occupy man so much with this world, he has no time to think of the world to come. 
It pushes self-sacrifice, loving everyone and giving. It pushes for us to live for the good of others and be generous to all. It appeals to the carnal mind. It is popular with the masses. It ignores that man by nature is fallen, separated from God's life, dead in sins, and ignores man's only hope, which is the new birth. This is Satan's desire. Again, did he create this? No, he took what God had created and twists it and makes it palatable for humans everywhere. And that's why we are fighting such a fight today with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what we're facing is a, is a message from Satan that sounds good. In fact, all the things we're preaching about Christianity is that we can truly love others. We can minister to others. And they're saying, you don't need Jesus to do all that. You can do that yourself. In other words, you can get to heaven by yourself. You don't need Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the Bible tells me that my own righteousness is before God are his filthy rags. So what is the main message of Satan's gospel? There is a doctrine of Satan to believers. It's spirituality by human works without the Holy Spirit. Always working, but never arriving. That's exactly what he has, whether it's to sinners or to saints. We're always striving, always working, but we never quite get there. In fact, I think what's interesting is we talk about race relations, and the harder people work, we're always this far away from it. That far away, we never, ever get there. I'm here to tell you, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're there. It's not something you have to eventually get to. You've arrived the moment you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You have eternal life. You're not closer five years to eternal life from now. No, no, you have it now. You have it just as much five years from now, 10 years. You have it right now. You're not getting closer to heaven, although there's coming a time you're gonna die. As far as God is concerned, you're already seated in heavenly places with him. Galatians chapter three and verse three says this, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? This is the doctrine of Satan. Remember, Satan has doctrine, but he also has a gospel. We are talking about Satan's gospel, but let's come back to it. Satan has infiltrated the church with his own uh, doctrine. And that doctrine is you get better by working for people. It's almost the same thing as the doctrine he's given to the world, but now he's speaking to believers always working, but never arriving. Are you so foolish, Paul said, having begun in the spirit, you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? The answer is no. If you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, but in your flesh dwells no good thing. How in the world do you think you can perfect yourself by yourself? That you through your own efforts can perfect yourself. You couldn't save yourself. How can you perfect yourself? The Holy Spirit, which gave you the new birth, will now give you the power to walk free from the lust of the flesh. This is spiritual maturity. It simply comes back to this. The new birth comes by the Holy Spirit, but spiritual maturity also comes by the Holy Spirit. The gospel of Satan teaches the world salvation by works. It's a message and the message is justification before God by human merits. In other words, the message is be good and do good. Only God can make you good and only God can give you the power to really do good that counts with him. What the world calls good is abhorrent to God. He calls it a stench in his own nostrils. There's no way by the deeds of the law or by the deeds of any human flesh that we can ever merit anything from God for salvation or for spirituality after we are born again. It all comes back to the grace of God. The grace of God saves us. The grace of God gives us strength each and every day. Not only is the new birth a gift of God that we receive by faith, 
but also our daily walk through the word of God is a gift of God and all we have to do is receive it by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we now have life through the Lord Jesus Christ and now the just, those who have been saved by faith, will live by faith. That's the glorious thing. That's exactly what has turned our lives around is by understanding salvation came by faith and spirituality comes by faith. So God's gospel announces us that salvation is simply by faith, but Satan's gospel announces salvation by character. It reverses the order of God's word. Character does not precede salvation and character does not produce salvation. Character comes from and is the fruit of salvation. Salvation comes first, then character. The world preaches character first, and through that you'll have salvation. Again, it's the opposite of what God is saying. He's simply saying in and of yourself, you cannot produce character. You might have some outward works. You might be nice to people around you, but true character comes from God. You know, the man that I I studied under at Bible school, Brother Charles Duncan, was a pastor in England and there were numbers of his congregation that were part during World War II, were part of the Royal Navy and the Royal Air Force. He said one man from the Royal Navy, young man, he said was gone for some time. He was out there on a destroyer. And he said he came into court and he said they were gonna repair the ship. He said he came to church and said, Brother Duncan, would you like to come and see the ship that I'm on? Brother Duncan said, oh, would I? And so he went there, he said the guns were gigantic. They were huge. He said those things were massive. And he says, and he stood there on the deck of that ship because they'd remove them because they were in do work on them because after a number of times of being shot, they needed to be refurbished. And so they were taken off the deck. He said the young man was standing there with him and Brother Duncan looked down. He said the deck of the ship was, he said, this thick. And it was steel plates upon steel plates upon steel plates. He said, why is the deck so thick? He said, Brother Duncan. He said, the, the guns that are on there have such a recoil. They're so powerful powerful that if the deck wasn't this thick, they would rip themselves right out of the deck. He said, when those guns are pointing forward and we shoot them, it slows down the the, uh, ship three knots. It takes us a while to get our speed back up. He said, if we shoot them off to the side, if it wasn't for the gyros downstairs, he said, the the ship would capsize itself. Those things go off. He said, the ship moves like this, but the gyros keep it straight up. He said, that's how much power is there. He says, as he looked at that, he suddenly got a revelation. He said, the decking represents the fruit of the spirit or character character, but the guns represent the gifts of the spirit, power. He said, so many people go for the power, but they don't build a decking underneath. God starts with the decking. He starts with the new birth. He starts with the fact that he offers to us because of the new birth, the fruit of the spirit. And by the fruit of the spirit, we can produce character inside of us and stability character to handle any onslaughts from the outside, but character also to handle the the powerful gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm simply here to tell you, that character comes from and is the fruit of salvation. The gospel has many fronts being preached today, and that's in the world. The gospel that the world has is preaching it from all different directions, from all different sources, temperance leagues, reform movements, progressive agendas, Christian socialist leagues, ethical culture societies, peace congresses. We have these going on all the time, everywhere, and all it is is a front for the same gospel of Satan, and that is another gospel of a different kind. Social 
purity, is substituted for regeneration, and politics and philosophy for doctrine and for godliness. So you want to get regenerate? Have purity, social purity. Be nice and kind to people around you. Do you want to end up being uh, fully more grown and all that? Then politics, philosophy. This is our doctrine and godliness that what the world offers. The improvement of the old man is considered more practical than the creation of a new man. God is not into just modifying us. He wants a totally new creation. One central message that's coming from the world is that mankind can achieve world peace apart from the return and rulership of Jesus Christ, and that is absolutely not true. There's only one man that brings individual peace. His name is Jesus Christ. There's only one man that can bring peace to those things surrounding us. It's Jesus Christ, and only one is going to bring total world peace. His name is Jesus Christ. What are we to do in the meantime? Sow the gospel. Anyone who has faith in Jesus Christ now has peace with God through him. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.